Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 10, and chapter 7, verses 1 through 11. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, truly I do not know how to speak, for I am only a boy. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a boy, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and you shall speak wherever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am, I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Now I have put words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord Stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word and say, Hear the word of the Lord, all you people of Judah, that you that, you that enter these gates to worship the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Amend your ways and your doings and let me dwell with you in this place. Do not trust in these deceptive words. This is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. For if you truly amend your ways and your doings, if you truly act justly with one another, if you do not oppress the alien, the orphan, and the widow, or shed innocent blood in this place, and if you do not go after other gods to your own hurt, then I will dwell with you in this place, in the land that I gave of your old to your ancestors forever and ever. Here you are, trusting in deceptive words to no avail. Will you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, make offerings to Baal, and go after other gods that you have not known, and then come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say, we are safe, only to go on doing all these abominations. Has this house, which is called by my name, become a den of robbers in your sight? You know I am too watching, says the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hardly seems necessary to preach when you have a, a child read the call story of Jeremiah. I think we just watched that play out right there if you were paying close attention. Thank you, Miss Chi. That was a good reading. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, stir up your holy power this day and come. Send your spirit into our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our ears, that your love might surround, infect us, and send us into your world to be your love and light. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Yesterday we gathered together in this uh, warm congregation and uh, church, and we celebrated the life of Donna Dresser. Donna and her family were lifetime members here at Shepherd of the Hills. Many of you know Earl and know me. And we gathered together here in the warm enclave of the sanctuary to celebrate her life with 60-some of her family and friends. 
I want to say a special thanks to those who took a Saturday uh, to help out with the funeral who made bars and brownies and things like that just a few days after Thanksgiving to surround the family with the love and care and warmth of a delicious treat, and I will admit I ate probably too many. But if you knew Donna at all, you knew that she had a life of early challenge and difficulty. From a very early, early age, she knew suffering, hope, love, and redemption. And it made Donna somebody that I would describe as incredibly tough and incredibly tender. A life forged from an early experience that made her the person that she was. I got the chance to be with Donna as she celebrated the life of her father Earl and Pastor Joanna got to do the same as they celebrated the life of Nomi. And unfortunately, not long after Earl died, Donna was diagnosed with cancer just a little over a year ago. It was an aggressive lung cancer and she was sick very early on. But here's the crazy part. Three days before she died, she was in the hospital and somehow Donna managed to talk her way into letting them release her. Three days before she dies of lung cancer. <laughs> Now, I'm not sure if she just got up and walked out or if she actually talked the doctors into letting her go. Either way would be remarkable. But she did it so that she could go home, change clothes, and then drive for 45 minutes across town to go have dinner with her lifelong friend, Jeff, from high school. Her last supper before the very next day she would enter into hospice and almost not be conscious again until the day she died. On the one hand, it is so extraordinary. On the other hand, it is so ordinary. An amazing act of courage and love. Donna was a terrible driver in the first place. I'm not sure how she made it 45 minutes on chemo treatment all the way across town. On the other hand, it was so ordinary. She just wanted one last meal in the comfort of those who had known her for almost her entire life. One last meal, surrounded by those that she loved. In some ways, I would call it a story of biblical proportions. At the funeral, we celebrated her life, and afterwards I had the chance to sit with some of her friends that she currently lived with in an apartment actually not far from where I live, out in Spring Park and Mound. There were eight to ten people that were clearly really tight and close, and they ranged in age from late 20s to someone who was 94 years old. And as I had the chance to chat with them, they described what Donna had done for them over the last year as simply making them a family. They had lived in the same apartment together for many years, but for some reason in the last year or so, as Donna had been diagnosed with cancer, she would haul out her fire pit and they would all sort of come around to the glow and the warmth of the fire to share a meal and a conversation together outside the apartment. And they came because they said as misfits living together, somehow as strangers, Donna's fire made us friends. Again, a story that is extraordinary and ordinary, one of almost biblical proportion. The path of empathy, 
for our shared humanity is not paved, I will tell you, with gold or comfort, but instead the wisdom of suffering is often the avenue to compassion and family and hope. The story of Jeremiah and the story of the prophets, actually, in so many ways, are really the counter story to the success of the Hebrew kings, Saul, David, and Solomon, and all the others, who built for themselves avenues and roves paved with peace and comfort, homes and temples and securities, roads and avenues and crossways and byways the children would walk on safely. The story of Jeremiah is, in fact, the story of God's preacher prophet who sees the truth of God's people and the path of suffering to which they will once again be called to walk. The temple, their home, the center of their life, the very fabric of their being is destroyed. Their homes are burned in wildfires of Babylonian advances, and they are once again a captured people hauled off into exile into Babylon. The prophet Jeremiah himself is heavily persecuted by his own people for foretelling the truth of who the, who the people had become and where they were going. He forced them to admit and to confess their own role in their own suffering. The prophet reminds them in harsh words that they have neglected their role to be God's people that were called not to be selfish, but blessed to be a blessing. And while it is certainly true that not all suffering is self-inflicted, the prophet's remarkable, unshakable hope is that God is present with them in all sorts of suffering, those that they inflicted on themselves and those that have been inflicted on them. And they will know most poignantly the presence of God and the love of God, and they will feel it most poignantly when they care for the poor, love the orphan, Forgive even their captors and welcome the immigrant. Our cousins in faith, the Hebrew people of God's choosing, know deeply their shared humanity in the suffering of their ancestors that lives on even to today. The road of wisdom is paved on the path of exile and loss, of hope, revealing empathy, compassion, humility, love, and even joy for those who dare to confess and tell the truth about honest suffering and real loss. One of the many, many reasons Jesus is worthy of being followed is that he has walked the full road of human suffering and joy. Born into poverty in a barn to a mother far too young, yet pregnant with God's courage and hope, at nine months, Mary would drive a donkey hundreds of miles to have dinner with her family and a child born out of the way shuffled out of sight in the country, shuffled out of the spotlight of kings and gold-paved palaces and roads. Jesus' life will be lived reminding God's people in word and deed to love the outsider, love the stranger, love the beautiful and the ugly the leper, the prostitute, the foreigner, the apostate, and to even dare to open one's arms to love the ones who persecuted him. He would, in fact, be persecuted and put to death for this love. 
because for far too many people, it just looked too dangerous. The cross upon which he is killed is not then the absence of God, but the deep presence of God in solidarity with God's own suffering humanity and creation. Jesus knows the cost of love and exile. The resurrection, then, is the promise that God is both in and beyond all that we can see, which I would dare to say is then the hope to which we cling to even in our suffering. So then, people of God, let us tell the truth and admit our trials and sufferings honestly, those that have been self-imposed and those imposed on us. Let Jesus and the prophets expose the truth of our addictions, our anxieties, our relational struggles, our self-loathing, our fear, and even our sickness. For it will be in our shared humanity of suffering that we will find God's loving grace, hope, love, empathy, and forgiveness for ourselves and for all others, even our captives and our enemies. The path of wisdom, maturity, and real comfort runs through the avenues that are paved with honesty and humility, trusting that God is present both in the suffering as much as the healing, known most poignantly when we love those that we far too often call other. Amen.